this Web3 technology is just a better way to, in my opinion, to build communities and to be able to reach further and wider and, and create better connections between people. Welcome to Airdrop, the show that'll help you understand what NFTs are, how to use them, how they work, and all that good stuff. My name is Rawion, and I'm here with The Goat, Phosphorus, and today we're talking with Willie Morris from Happy Goat. Willie is a man of many talents, working from medical sales to a subscription box service with Gary V. Now, he's full-time in the dirt, farming. Willie and some of his friends bought 2,000 acres in the hills right under Yosemite National Park in California. They were originally going to use that land for rally car racing, but it ended up becoming a regenerative farm with a bunch of goats on it. Today, we're going to dive into why they built Happy Goat as a Web3 nonprofit. We're going to talk about the building blocks of community building. Right. And lastly, we're going to talk about how Willie ended up here, because it's kind of a crazy story. And as always, a whole bunch of other stuff. The regenerative farming thing is so cool because, I mean, <laughs> taking care of our Earth should be like our number one goal as humans, right? Facts. I mean, in order of importance, right? It's like staying alive, not killing other humans. Facts. And trying to keep this floating rock in the sky habitable for humankind, hopefully forever. Well, I mean, and you know, until the sun grows so large it makes Earth uninhabitable. But we have a while <laughs> before that happens. Hopefully. So in the meantime, if you rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, or if you subscribe on YouTube, it'll help other people find this podcast so they can learn how to use Web3. Also, if you want to follow on Twitter and say hi, that'd be awesome. You can find us on Twitter at Airdrop Show. All right, let's drop in. All right, today we have Willie Morris from the Happy Goat organization. And I'm just excited to dive in here. So, Willie, we like to start the show off the way we start every show, which is, what is an NFT? And if you could just explain it in the most simple language possible, so we can all kind of understand, that'd be great. Sure. NFT is, uh, is actually a new farm tractor. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. So we have a couple of those out here at Happy Goat. What makes it new? What's the, what's the new tractor going? We actually just got an electric tractor, which is really rad. So we we aren't burning fossil fuels when we <laughs> when we when we're farming. But I think the cool. NFTs you're referring to would be the old non fungible tokens, which is just a, a great way to convey ownership and provenance in a digital way. It's it's just a, a digital record of ownership essentially. Yeah, that's that's really great. It's so funny. NFT is not intuitive whatsoever. We can make up as many acronyms as we wanted. With those letters put together, that was funny. I agree. It's the provenance. It's the easiest way for digital ownership that you know you own something. 100%. Yeah, it makes it real easy. Digital trading cards is like the easiest, I think, example, right? Or digital yeah. baseball cards. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you have a set of digital baseball cards for Happy Goat. Could you just give us the quick elevator pitch of what is Happy Goat and what problem you're trying to solve here? Yeah, so Happy Goat's the brand we're building. It just happens to be located on a 2,000-acre regenerative farm up by Yosemite National Park. And on top of that farm, we're building out this incredible kind of creative oasis, you know, wonderland. 
And so, you know, when we're building this brand out, we realized that we could use NFTs to, to bring uh, this whole new community aspect into what we're doing and get ideas from people all over the world and get buy-in and build a, a brand in a much different way. And as it, we're a nonprofit as well. So, you know, for us, it was like, oh, we could really craft the, the future of nonprofits using NFT technology, right? So our our NFTs essentially give any of the holders uh access to the entire Happy Goat ecosystem. We're going to introduce some governance later on where they can kind of vote on some of the nonprofit funds where they're allocated, you know, kind of open access to the special access to the farm and what we're building up here. So the first ones in July, events at all the different NFT conferences, our own spin on things like merch. So there's a lot, artist collaborations and airdrops and all, all this good stuff. So yeah, it's it's been a wild ride getting this stuff built. And I think I, I'm pretty sure we're like the first project with the actual physical space that's open to our, our community, which is cool. That is really cool. You're bringing the tangible real world with the digital assets and kind of putting them together and you're making something really cool. Yeah. A hundred percent. I've, I've kind of, I, I hate saying this because I feel like it sounds cliche, but like I've always looking back on my history, I've always been more of like a community builder. So I started a co-working space in South Florida, like one of the first one in Fort Lauderdale, second one in all of South Florida. Had a great community there, did a bunch of you know monthly meetups. Now it's like a decade ago. And then the company I did with Gary V was a community a subscription box company. So we had a community of, you know, anywhere from eight to twelve thousand people a month, right? That we were like taking care of and and working with. Um, and so this web three technology is just a better way to, in my opinion, to build communities and to be able to reach further and wider and, and create better connections between people, you know, whether it's the connection with the brand or within the community. What is it about NFTs that make it so unique in, instead of say a Facebook group or (laughs) something else? Well, I think, you know, honestly, one of the things that makes it unique right now is just how early we are you know, the technology is brand new. So you have a lot of these people who are very like-minded in the fact that they're they're kind of that pine they have that pioneer mindset, right? <laughs> so you have a lot of people who are really excited to be really early in this and trying this new technology. And then the technology itself has like this amazing ability to democratize things, right? And kind of create, you know, access or utility or whatever for the holder or for the community. I think we haven't seen it before. And we saw it first with artists, right? It gave artists, the utility for artists was cutting out all these middlemen and being able to go straight to fans and sell art. And we have living artists for the first time in the history of the world that are making like real money. Yeah, we're at this moment, this precipice in history that I don't know, I can feel, you probably feel it, which is why you've decided to move Happy Goat in the NFT direction in Web3. So... I pulled this off the website. You said the mission of Happy Goat is to build a creative wonderland that sits on top of a regenerative farm that supports artists, creators, and of all different backgrounds. When you got the farm, was it already a regenerative farm? Is that part of your mission in general? Why did you start there? Yeah, and that's a great question. So originally, this project started because my good friend and co-founder, John Cahalan, called me in 2019. And he said, talk me out of this idea. And he got pitched this idea to start like a off-road rally school, right, for driving. Okay. And instead of talking him out of it, him and I started just going down this rabbit hole and talking about what about doing with electric vehicles, right, getting people to experience electric, 
you know, more sustainable energy in a fun way and get them off fossil fuels. So yeah. that's how it originally started was, you know, this property, 2000 acres where we needed originally 20 acres, you know, to do the rally school. And so we ended up with this huge amount of space, realizing we could do so much more with it. And then after about a year and all kinds of stuff with the county and rezoning, realizing that the most fun that we were having was with the, the farm side of it. And him and I had worked on nonprofit stuff previously. And we we're like, oh, what if we just, we re-envision what a farm could be and build that <laughs> and use it as a place to give people these amazing experiences that, you know, will hopefully get them excited about the impact side of it and climate and food justice and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of the easiest way for me to describe it now is like a coin, right? On one side of it, it's the fun side, it's the creative side, it's the, the art, music, culture, and that's the top of the funnel. And the other side of that coin is the impact side, which is all the stuff we're doing on the ground on the farm. So, you know, all the regenerative ag we're doing, all of the stuff we're doing, we're donating food to, to food banks, any projects we're doing with with outside partnerships, you know, that are doing work on climate out here. So that's kind of the, the easiest way, I think, to describe it. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to hook them with fun and then the back end, give them some goat milk that's organic that will be better for them than anything else they've ever drank. <laughs> yes, except no goat milk. We're not, <laughs> no, okay. the only animal products we have are like honey and eggs. But but yeah, that's, that is that is the idea. Okay, um, but let's start with the, I don't know, why you? Why Willie Morris? How did you get to this point? Can we get the origin story of like, you were in New York, and then all of a sudden, you're a farmer in California. There's That's a big transition. What happened? Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I guess I realized years and years ago that like my the one thing I was really good at was adapting to, to brand new things and learning them really quickly. And that kind of, when I finally kind of realized that, I was like, oh, that makes sense. If I look at back what, what I've done, I've done everything from like medical sales, clinical trial stuff, research in molecular genetics to moving into early web two stuff. Right. And like I was like a blogger and before that really blew up and, you know, I was at Boeing and Amazon, <laughs> like doing, you know, commercial airline stuff to consumer video to subscription box stuff. Sorry, that with, with Gary, like all this stuff. And so, but I've always, since I was a kid, I've always loved outdoors. I've always loved nature and animals and there's a brief period of time where I worked on a farm in Italy. And then after my last company, I ended up working, consulting in ag tech for a little bit and being like, oh, my God, this is insane what we're doing to the, to the earth in the name of agriculture in this country. And still, you know, it's not like the farmers are even winning. Like they're, they're getting the short end of the stick. It's big ag and stuff that's really winning at the cost of all of us. Right. It's. We're putting chemicals into the ground, destroying the water, destroying the soil. The food is, you know, has 80% less nutrients than it did before <laughs> industrial ag, like just crazy stuff. And so, you know, when we got this project and we had got the land and we we're walking around, I, I was pushing hard for the farm side of it. Cause I was like, this would be awesome. We can get animals, we can get some delicious food. And <laughs> to the point where at one point John was like, I swear to God, if you talk about a farm anymore, <laughs> I'm just, I'm going to like, I'm going to die. And, but then, you know, I kind of hooked him, I think a little bit because he loves animals and goats and everything. So I, I ended up getting a couple goats at my house and that we all kind of just loved them. And then it just kind of grew into this. All right, well, let's try like a little farm on like, you know, a small part of the property. And then 
it was just, oh, it, I think as soon as we started moving in that direction, it was very clear how much, one, how much fun it was and how much good we could do with that and how much more that aligned with our own values and, and kind of ethos versus trying to do like a rally school. Yeah. So obviously you're a nonprofit, right? So mm-hmm. let's talk about like, how did you kick off Happy Goat off the ground? You have funding from multiple sources, right? Yeah, I mean, the the wonderful thing was, I mean, we were very lucky that John does have, as part of a family foundation, the Kalen Family Foundation, gave us a very nice donation to kind of kick off the the farm build out and to cover the build out of the farm, which was, you know, insane. We were incredibly, incredibly fortunate to have that and allow us to operate with, you know, for the first year plus without having too much stress. And being able to Mm -hmm. do things the way we wanted to. And then, you know, the NFT side, we've generated, you know, obviously, you know, ETH and stuff from from launching our NFT project, which right now is pretty much zero, right? (laughs) Because everything's dead. But, you know, we're trying to look at like how, you know, that side was kind of not going towards build out, it was going more towards community and kind of this new nonprofit kind of template on Web3. But yeah, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll do a combination of donations through web three type stuff and crypto and as well as like some physical, you know, traditional donations out here. But the thing too, is like part of our mission is to help other farms move over to regenerative ag. And in order to do that, like the farm has to, you know, function as a real farm. So thankfully, because we do have a little bit of buffer, we can try out new revenue sources for the farm. We can try out like, you know, cashmere and things that are also that are humane, but also really sustainable. We can look at like, what does it look like? taking in rescue animals, but also using them as in the regenerative process, right? So we're looking at a lot of different new revenue sources that hopefully will be, you know, value add to other farms. But essentially, the farm in and of itself has to be more efficient with lower input costs or higher output costs than a traditional farm. Otherwise, you know, our mission to help and to push regenerative ag doesn't doesn't really work. Right, right, right. And you need that time to really see if it's going to work, to test out new things. Because it takes time, especially with regenerative farming and what you alluded to earlier, like with big ag coming in, they just kill the land and it takes time for those nutrients to come back into the soil. And you need that time and you need the time to prove that it works. And you're surrounded by farmers where you are. So I'm sure it's just a matter of time approving the process and how it can be beneficial for them. A hundred percent. Yeah. And we're doing a lot of like ecological monitoring of like different ecological processes and soil health and stuff that we've already started. And yeah, like you said, it's not like a passive thing. Like we have actually have to actively help the soil become healthy again. Yeah. I think there's like this fallacy of, you know, some of these areas where it's like, oh, if we just, we destroyed everything. And so if we, if we just let nature take its course, it'll come back to where it was, which unfortunately is not the case, right? That's how we get right. things like the dust bowl and just like desertification of, of land. So we're very much trying to proactively promote, you know, growth by using animals to graze, you know, like they would have in a more natural state before we, you know, killed off a lot of the the roaming herds and stuff. And, you know, by like we didn't, a lot of the crops this past year, we didn't even harvest. We just kind of crimped them down so that they can decompose and those nutrients can go back into the soil. So there's a lot of really cool stuff. And Thankfully, we, we brought on a, a third partner who's been like a sixth generation farmer and Jesse, who has incredible knowledge on all the regenerative processes. And it, it's it's really cool. So I, I myself have just been having fun learning so much stuff from him. You are literally in the dirt trying to figure this out. Literally in the dirt. Yeah. 
Man, that's really cool on the regenerative farming side. Now, on the creative aspect, how are you guys working in in that? Because again, that, you said that's your top of your funnel. That's how you're going to get yeah. people in to see how not only just the farmers to see, because you're probably going to have events to attract them there so they can see, but also for everyone else in the world. What what are you doing on the creative side? Yeah, for sure. So the NFT project was like the first thing, right? So instead of doing just like a single piece of art, we wanted to be very much in line with like the Web3 ethos. So we did a large generative collection of, of art and we have a bunch of partnerships coming up with other artists and stuff to, to do things in that world. On the digital side, we want to turn, we want to do some installation art out here because we do have the space and it'd be so dope to do like an outdoor art installation that kind of bridges metaverse and IRL. So like sculptures that you have glasses and it like moves? Yeah, maybe. Or like maybe AR with your phone. Like who knows? Like we're so early in that. Like it could be anything. But that's like the fun part, right? Like we could try all these things out. And then one of the barns we're building, we want to put a recording studio in, in it as well. Because we've had a lot of excitement from the music industry of, you know, wanting a place to kind of like get away. That's mm-hmm. and be able to re- record a little bit and you know write songs and all that stuff and being just four and a half hours north of LA makes it a very easy kind of getaway up here. Right on the base of Yosemite. Yeah, or like you know Kanye had Wyoming, so this is like Web three Wyoming, <laughs> and so still California. I love yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So we've been looking at stuff like that. We want to do an artist in residency program up here as well. I, honestly, we really just think we can be a great resource for artists and creators and whatever they are, musicians, traditional, digital, whatever. And the need to like touch grass and disconnect and get away from the public eye, I think is so powerful. To me, one of the most exciting things is like the conversations that could come out if we had like, you know, a musician here and a traditional artist and we have like one of our like culinary partners, right? Like all sitting around the table for dinner and just like what ideas come out of that. Like, I think that's going to be the so freaking cool. That would be such a fun conversation to listen in. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and I love the fact that like you're you're coming back to the basis of creativity. Yeah. Right. We can be online all day, every day, trying to shill our art on Twitter, trying to connect people, trying to do this. We're trying to see dollar signs. We're not seeing the actual creativity or art that's really going to be birthed from that. So I love how you're trying to create a space for artists to just deconnect. Or yeah, deconnect. Is that yeah. a word? Just to yeah, disconnect, un- deconnect. I like deconnect. Disconnect. <laughs> yeah. Just to disconnect from the world to rub shoulders with other creatives, maybe in different fields who do things a little bit differently. And who knows what could come of that, but you, they need to have that space before something can happen. Yes. A hundred percent. And I think, um, like I said, we have, we have this amazing resource, like why not use it? Right. And, right. and use it for good because there is a lot of conversation around Web3, right? Around uh, scams, the crashes, the, you know, environmental impact. And so we're like, oh, we can be the poster child for like positive, good things in Web3. Um, and not just for us, right? But for everyone in the community, like we all we all benefit from those kinds of wins. So we're hoping we can step up in that regard. Well, and that's the whole like... Web3 ethos, right? The democratization of it, the everyone can contribute. This is not just for me and me getting rich. It's for all of us coming together to build something that never existed before. Yeah, honestly. Which in turn should benefit everyone. Yes, a thousand percent, right? Like money was kind of like a secondary thing, right? Like originally this, this was about being able to like support artists 
And so artists making like, just making like a living wage, <laughs> you know, it's kind of, it was a big part right. of like the kickoff to a lot of this stuff. Um, and yeah, you know, it's, it's definitely become a, a way for a lot of people to make a lot of money. <laughs> um, not us because we're nonprofit. So we, we we're definitely on the poor side of the web three side, but you know what? It was also like the goats get the, the goats money, get them, get the value here. Um, just let's, let's do something that really shines a light on that, that web three ethos. Yeah. And I think that's why I wanted to contact you and highlight your project because that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing people who are trying to make the world a better place, who have a mission and a vision for what they want the world to look like and says, it's not just for me, right? The whole regenerative farming process, that's not for you. That's going to take a long time. We're talking about generations. We're talking about people eating, again, healthy food and getting the nutrients your body actually needs in a, in a big way. And so that's why I just wanted to have you on the show and highlight what Happy Goat is doing, because I do think you guys embody that Web3 ethos that we really want to highlight. If you're getting into Web3, this is what it looks like. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm stoked we get to chat because, yeah, I mean, it is that that's the core of it, right? It's like, you know, Web3 is great. Um, it can be great and also be bad, right? We've seen it the last couple months, especially. <laughs> so just like just like web 2 right we all learned like we web. could create now in different ways yeah. but also we're also more anxious and depressed than ever yes 100% and so you know honestly there's been a lot of talk about the the you know obviously the it's a bear market right now eth is down bitcoin's down but honestly like i think it's a good thing because it really does help push out people who are here just for the money like if you if you're making you know a quarter of what you were could have made you know a couple months ago a lot of those people are are gone um and so i think it just highlights uh, you know a lot of the great builders in the space and there there are some amazing builders in the space doing really dope stuff yeah like traditional artists who are now in in nfts they're not going anywhere right they're not going to stop making art because it's not as many sales they're just going to continue and those who are going to continue and who are here for it in the long run are going to make it and to be honest those are the nfts i want to buy i don't I want to contribute to artists who aren't going to be stopped. Projects that aren't going to be stopped, no matter what's in the way. That's the the marker of somebody I want to get behind and want to have them and be in my community and be in their. Community. Well, yeah, and you know that's like when you when you start looking at community that way, like that's the ultimate hedge against like any market conditions, right? Because you know they're going to be there, so you don't care if ETH goes down for a couple months or something, because like you're part of the community. The community doesn't die. Like the community is there. The the people who the who are creating it are there. Like you still have that, right? Like it's not a, a one month, you know, pump and dump. It, it's a year, it's a 10 year thing, right? It's, it's that mindset. We just have to kind of recultivate it in the, in the space. Yes. hundred percent. You have a background in building community. If someone is just getting started, what's like the basics they need to understand about how to grow a community, how to start a community. What are what are some of the some key tenets that you have from your experience? I mean, I think you know, a lot of them are like kind of very in line with the Web three um, ethos, right? Like a lot of transparency. <laughs> like if you're building a community, be very transparent with your community, treat them as equals, right? Like it's just a lot of like basic stuff um, that I think is not not community building. It's just exclusive to like you know, human relationships as a whole, you know, be trustworthy, don't lie, you know, there's just basic stuff. And then, you know, as far as like, you know, actually how to grow it, like, there's really no rules. It's just, you know, I think part of it is just finding people you connect with, start slow, grow slowly. There's no reason to, 
if you really care about building a long-term community, then it takes away the the stress of like having to build something super fast and hype it up, especially if you believe in like that long-term vision. So yeah, I think a lot of it's just staying grounded and then, you know, treat everyone in the community just like you would a friend or someone that you connect with. There's no magic, right? <laughs> There's no no magic bullet. There's no like big secrets. It's just generally being a good person. Just authentic humanity. That's all we need from people. Yeah, that's that's really good. And it's something that I heard Gary Vee talk about just recently. He was talking about a lot of people in Web3 don't want community. They want customers and they're trying to extract value instead of give value. And we're seeing that a lot, especially in Web3, right? I'm getting the like, come join our community. Come join our community. Go to the Discord. And it's just like like a tumbleweed could blow through. And it's like, this isn't a community. What are you looking for? You're trying to sell me on the next thing you have. And so, yeah, yeah. I think this is a great time to come back to the basics. 100%. I, I do think, you know, if you do are building a community, the, the one thing I will say is like, set the standards high. Like, <laughs> You know, you can be welcoming, but you can also still have high standards and expectations. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't want someone coming in happy who literally is just going to worry about, you know, wants short term stuff like, cool, there's other projects. If you're just here for the short term, cool. Like we want people who are here for the long term. So, you know, we are we are trying to like create like, you know, a standard of like if you come into the community, that's what it is like don't say things that are sexist in our discord. Like don't say things that are racist. Like you will get banned immediately and like blocked forever. And like, we just don't want that kind of stuff. I do think those standards come down from the people creating the community. Right. Yeah. I agree with that a lot. What kind of people are you trying to bring into the happy goat community? Is there a certain type? Like we talk about, it comes top down, right? Those values really do come from the top and what you want to see. And that's what you're going to get in the people that you attract. So what kind of people are you attracting now or that you're looking for? Or maybe this is a shill a little bit. If they wanted to buy a Happy Goat NFT to be a part of the community, who are you looking for? I mean, honestly, curious people, right? People who are curious, but also excited about the space and what the future of the space looks like. We want people who are going to be part of the community for the long term. They don't have to you know, be in Discord all the time. If they're in Discord, just saying hi every once in a while, but they're outside doing stuff great we do love the long-term people who are curious obviously we want like a very diverse mix of people in there because i think you know on the nonprofit side and on the food production act side it's been dominated by a very small group of people who look like me mm-hmm. and we'd love to get more diverse ideas and creativity in that because i think that's like the it's a detriment to all of us right when you have a, a very right monoculture type of situation right (laughs) when we talk about monocultures and crops but also like in food production right like a bunch of old white guys you know you might have some good ideas but you're not going to have the great ideas you're not going to have ideas from people from diverse backgrounds and and histories and right like and so i think that's kind of something that's been a detriment to to all of us and so i i think web3 is wonderful for that like i've met so many people from all over from all kinds of different backgrounds and you know different cultures and it's amazing the ideas and stuff that come together when that happens especially when everyone's just kind of has that curiosity and excitement i love that and nfts are so international global it's 24 (laughs) 7 and people with all different backgrounds coming together that are at this point intrigued about the technology where is this going? How can this benefit me? How can this benefit my community? And how can we use this together to really, 
you know, you create strong bonds. Yeah. Last big question here. You're a nonprofit. How do you see NFTs working into the nonprofit sphere? Because I do think there's like a pretty big direct correlation, yeah. but I want to hear from you because you're the one doing it. Yeah, I think the initial way, and we've seen, you know, some people, some nonprofits try this with crypto, right? Was just donate to us in crypto, which was a very, right. you know, it, it's not really very Web3, except for the fact you're just accepting a different type of currency. The next wave was like, oh, how can we use NFTs to make money and, and fundraise, mm-hmm. which... I get because a lot of these like legacy nonprofits don't get web three or that ethos. And they're so used to just like give us value, like you said, and we're not giving that much back because our value is just the research we're doing or our mission, which is, which is cool. Like that's how nonprofits have been. But I think as we move towards the future, like we have to get away from that nonprofits, you need to be a brand that just happens to be a nonprofit and has a a great impact because you know, like if you want a real community and you want people who are like fervent, like believers and love what you do, like you, there de- does need to be a value exchange above and beyond just like, hey, here's the amount of people we helped this month. Um, right. In traditional nonprofits. I mean, you've seen like Charity Water did a really good job with with some innovations and I think building a pretty good community. But I think there's a, a big evolution that can happen with Web3 technology and really saying like, what does it really look like when the communities has even deeper involvement in that and is even more galvanized around around the cause? Because every month or so, we're going to have like a fun event and you can meet everyone else and we can do stuff and we can maybe we can gamify the donation side of it or whatever. Else. Like, There's a lot that we can do that I don't think has been thought of very much in nonprofits because they didn't have to. But I think the consumer expectation is is going to be higher and higher. And I do think it's better that nonprofits are the ones building those communities rather than what we see now, which is a lot of NFT projects who are donating to the nonprofits. Right. I would love to see nonprofits become more Web3 native versus getting donations from Web3 native brands. And if a nonprofit were to build that way, like, again, a lot of not used to work in the nonprofit field. A lot of it is you're getting recurring donations from people. You're out there fundraising, collecting money to do a cause. And people can feel connected to that cause and they can feel the value that's being driven there. But it is much different to get your hands dirty or think of new ways to do this to help out and either legit get their hands dirty by being at the farm or being at a party or an event that is driving something home and is community based that together we're doing something, not me give to you so you can do something, but together we're doing something. Well, yeah. And you think of like a lot of nonprofits, right? Like a lot of, a ton of nonprofits have like one big fundraising event a year, like a big gala, right? Where it's like the mission right. and they're trying to like, they're selling tickets and then there's a big donation drive at the event. You think of it now, like add NFTs into the equation where, you know, you're getting, in perpetuity, you're getting royalties from those sales. So the better event that you can pull off that gets people more excited, you know, driving the costs up, driving the secondary sales up. Now, instead of having to maybe, you know, kind of be a little bit forceful at these events and trying to like, you know, worry about hitting like a certain goal, like you already have, you're already more than halfway there, right? There's so many more options, right? Which I think makes a, a much more enjoyable time. Like I, you know, I definitely understand, you know, a lot of nonprofits having to do that, but I also don't 
and, and it's a great virtuous virtue signaling thing, right? For people to be like, oh, I'm going to give like, I'll give more than the last person. And it's very public, but also like, it, it just seems a little archaic to me. <laughs> like, there's got to be better ways and there's got to be better experiences for, for everyone there. Like, so I know, you know, obviously this is a very gross generalization because there's plenty of nonprofits doing really dope stuff and, and, and innovating. But I do think Web3 does give us tools to further that exponentially. And I think, again, we're in 2022. We're headed toward the future. There's no need to try and do the things the way they've been done. Like we are clearly set our ways in the future Obviously, we're in Web3, trying to see how we can use this technology to benefit everyone around us. Willie, this has been fantastic. Is there anything else you want to add or any final thoughts? No, I mean, if if, uh, if anyone is, is super curious and, and wants to get involved, you know, feel free to join our Discord. We have a great community who's happy to answer questions. And we always say that our Discord and our community it isn't just the people who hold our NFTs, right? <laughs> our community is anyone... Mm-hmm. Who is uh, who's excited about what we're doing? Follow us on on Twitter is probably the best thing, and um, feel free to reach out to myself or the Happy Goat Org account, and uh, you know we're happy to push you in the right direction, whether that's getting involved with us or or any other projects. I love that, Willie. You said our community isn't just people that hold our NFTs; it's everybody who's interested in the project, and I love that that ethos of inclusion. And this isn't just for the holders; this is for everybody. We're helping the world here. So, Willie, thanks for coming on the show. Dude, thanks for having me. This was great. All right, friends. Thank you for listening to Airdrop. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review the show and post on Twitter that you listened to this episode. And make sure you tag us at Airdrop Show. We love hearing from you guys. It's awesome every time we do. And we like to retweet retweet your stuff. So, get it. And remember, your story may not have such a happy beginning, but that doesn't make you who you are. It's the rest of your story, who you choose to be. Bye.